Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida. Brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy. Venture capital, the economy, and South Florida's status in the tech industry are all on the agenda. As South Florida Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Mel Melendez welcomes TaxFile co-founder and CEO Richard Lavina. Welcome, Richard. Thanks so much for joining us today on Florida Business Minds. Thanks for having me, Mel. Now, you are the CEO and co-founder of TaxFile, a fintech firm located in Miami that launched in 2015. And it's safe to say, based on our coverage, that the company's been on fire. Recognized by the Business Journal as one of the fastest growing companies in our region several years in a row. You're no stranger to the Inc. 5000 list. And last year, you moved into an expansive office in Coconut Grove. So... To say that you're doing well would be an understatement. So congrats to you on your company's success. Can you briefly explain how your online services work? Yeah, we definitely serve uh, retail customers, right? So if uh, yourself are in need of some tax prep, you could download the TaxFall app from the App Store and you'll connect with a CPA to do your taxes, right? But one of our fastest growing products for the past few years, especially kind of you know with the staffing crunch that the accounting industry has been experiencing, has been our onshoring product, right? So the way that TaxFall works is essentially we have around 5,000 CPAs on the platform, right? Similar to like, you know, Instacart. So similar to them, we have a gig economy of independent contractors, right? In the accounting space, they're fully licensed uh, CPAs or, or IRS enrolled agents. And when they log onto the platform, that platform essentially works as like a, a shepherd, a, a HR, you know, kind of router, right? So depending on what type of job you need, where you're coming from, whether you're a CPA firm or individual, right? You plug into the software and it finds someone that's available to you right now, right? So different than in, let's say the, you know, the, since the advent of, of the accounting industry where you have to hire someone, you know, professional services, there's an hourly fee, you know, uh, ambiguity in terms of pricing, ambiguity in terms of how long you'll take, or if there's someone even available, right? You simply put in the request, the software finds that person with that skill set that's available now, right? Fixed price the job, right? Whether it's a CPA firm, like I said, that traditionally would hire someone to do these tax returns, these bookkeeping jobs, whatever it may be, and they'll connect directly to them, right? So it's like a 21st century version of like, let's say seasonal staffing. There's a ton of volume. There's 170 million tax returns filed every single year. About 90 million of them are actually assisted tax filings, meaning that people that go and get help from someone, the majority of that's done obviously by CPA firms and they need help. The pros like the way they interact with the software, they find it exciting. And obviously the firms get the help they need. Great. Now, the last time we visited was at your new space, and it's a nice office. So do you plan to stay there for a bit, or are there further expansions on the horizon? Well, things have changed in terms of like uh, from when we first launched uh, kind of growth at all costs <laughs> now right. uh, to, you know, the PE funds, uh, the growth equity fund are very much more cost conscious uh, combined with the fact that post, you know, kind of COVID here, you have a lot more people working remote and that's a very attractive to people that when you go on and recruit, you know, providing that type of flexibility, right? So that's kind of changed the dynamic in terms of, let's say, you know, amount of square footage needed to, to support, you know, a technology company. We do really encourage and believe in the collaboration that's done in person, but it's finding that kind of mix. So right now out of this office where I'm sitting right now in, in, in Coconut Grove, uh, there's about 75 full-time employees that, that operate out of here. We have over 100 in total. 
but it seems like the space it's large like you mentioned i, I love like it's that it's yeah. right on grand avenue we finally have some great kind of like presence uh, you know that's hard for a technology company and especially in a really niche industry like accounting and i love the drive from my house i live in palmetto bay so it's a nice commute nice now i'd like to switch gears just a little bit because you've had great success in securing funds to scale tax file but we often hear about how challenging it is for local entrepreneurs to secure investments for their ventures. Why do you think it's so challenging? And do you have any advice for local entrepreneurs who are seeking investments? Obviously, there's like no money being spent last year due to yep. everything that was going on in the, in the industry. Mm -hmm. But like I mentioned, uh, Instacart also had Arm that just IPO'd, right? So uh, when I was in public accounting and I came from PwC, uh, we used to call this kind of like a defrosting, <laughs> right? The market was kind of frozen. And now you're starting to see some of the capital that's been just tied up and sitting you know, at these funds, they need to find a home, right? Because you're not going to invest in a fund if you don't get ROI, right? Just give me back the money if you're not going to do anything with it. I'll put it in T-bills or something. That's a good kind of indicator. It's still much harder to raise right now, uh, no matter the stage, seed through whatever, uh, series, you know, C, D, whatever it is, it's still kind of harder across all the different rounds. But I would say though, all you have to do is go check online. You're going to see a ton of deal flow, you know, in the very early stage. You'll find early stage, uh, you could kind of get funded. Obviously, with multiples, it's taking a hit if you're in tech, but uh, you could get probably get funded uh, if you have a very good product with a good product market fit. And then those that are profitable, right, or, or are close to being profitable, that have you know, essentially their you know their hands and levers of profitability, saying, "Hey, look, you know, we could be profitable if we just kind of slow down growth a little bit. If you're okay with that, you know, there's a deal here." we're seeing that those are the ones that are the most attractive, right? So long are the days of, oh, I grew a thousand percent, but I need to raise funds every eight months. Uh, that's not right. uh, going to be, I think, too attractive uh, to the market. It's been tempered a little bit. Now, uh, we keep hearing from companies about how they're being very cautious with spending this year due to the softening of the economy. Are you seeing that on your end? Yeah. And no one's immune from it. I mean, we're doing taxes, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we have a steady growth rate. It's a very good growth rate. But at the same time, there's other things outside of your product that affect your P&L, right? So, you know, you have cost of, of employment, you have natural overhead associated with any activities. So if we, you know, we go to a lot of conferences here, uh, that's where we meet the managing partners at these CPA firms or at these, let's say, tax software companies that we'd like to partner up with and bring in as clients, right? Um, you know, uh, it's it's very old school, but uh, that's a great way to build trust and, and bring in a client, seeing them face to face. So you go out there, you go to the conference, flights are up like 33%. When you forecast out two years and your burn or three years, whatever it is, that's kind of crazy to say, hey, okay, this miscellaneous account is going to grow by 40%. People automatically think you're you're flying more. Not that the cost of the actual just trip at the same level is going to be up, right? So um you know, meals and entertainment, you know, smaller uh, GNA line items on the PL have proportionally gone up, right? So it has to come from somewhere, right? Because, you know, it's hard enough to hit your numbers, let alone when, you know, the cards are stacked against you with the inflation that we're facing. So that's why you see the softening, like you mentioned, or, or like the tightening up on the expense side of the PL, right? And usually that's lower headcount prospectively, right? Doing more with what you have, okay? Uh, be more cost effective in terms of marketing. So you have to get creative and no one's immune from that. Now, as you know, there's been a lot of media attention placed on Miami over the last few years as more tech executives and venture capitalists, you know, moved here. But many of the recent company transplants are at co-working spaces and statistics do show that the influx of new investors hasn't necessarily translated into more funding for local startups. 
So why do you think that is? And what do you think needs to happen for that to change? It's tough because like we said, deal flows down, right? So when deal flows down, it's going to be down across the board. I don't care if anyone moved to the city. It's going to be tough. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that when things get back to normal, because they're not back to normal, but they are heading back to normal, that we'll see a bigger benefit from all that kind of movement. Because like I said, at the end of the deal, whether you're trying to bring on a client or, or raise funds, you know, trust is the independent of all relationships. And it's easier to create trust when you see someone, when you know more about them than someone that you know less about, right? Just if you know more about someone and you kind of like them, you're probably going to have more trust with them. And there's more opportunity there than someone that you know less about, right? So it will translate into deals. It will translate into capital. I think that the timing was just kind of off, you know, <laughs> being hit right. with this, the, the kind of this this crazy slowdown that we've been experiencing. But Miami has it all, right? You know, I don't have to tell you. So you know, not Miami, but South Florida and, and Florida in general. You know, no say income tax, great weather. Yes, cost of living has come up relative to where it's been, but still lower than some of the other hubs, Austin and, you know, San Francisco or LA or New York, right? So I think overall, you're seeing possibly a, a still a much better quality of life, you know, compared to some of these other cities. So therefore, if you have an equal opportunity to invest in two companies, all else being equal, you, you probably, you know, keep it closer to home and, and, and hopefully we'll see that from these guys. Ricky Lavina joining us. Next, how South Florida's tech scene compares to Austin and Silicon Valley as Florida Business Minds continues. People's Gas, working with businesses across Florida to lower energy usage and costs with efficient natural gas. Get cash back energy conservation rebates when you install new natural gas equipment. Learn more at peoplesgas.com slash biz rebates. Now, can we talk a little bit about how Miami tech scene differs from others and what you think our strengths are and what do you think it'll take to develop our region into um, a tech hub that rivals others like Austin, Boston, or even Silicon Valley? Because everybody's always comparing our region to the Silicon Valley, almost like the Silicon Valley was created overnight. Yeah, you can't cheat the process, right? So what happened was we got a big boom injection of capital or, or, or people moving over on what could be, right? But, you know, then we hit this kind of economic downturn combined with inflation, and, you know, and, and therefore it kind of stunted the growth a little bit. That's not an indictment in terms of like the companies or here or or right. the people, like I mentioned, you know, allocating the capital. You're not in control of some of these macroeconomic conditions that right. affect everyone, no matter where you live, right? So in order to compete with those other cities, we have to see a kind of a full cycle. You need to see, you know, essentially ROI based come back off your investment, right? And that builds confidence, it builds trust, it builds, all right, cool. I invested in a company in Miami and it was great. And, you know, and, and I got this return from my investment. Let's do it again. And that then builds an ecosystem, right? It brings, attracts more talent. It all starts with talent and product, right? But talent and product need to realize success, essentially, right? Uh, Right. Because they don't just stay at unsuccessful companies. And what does that mean? What is a successful company? A successful company is one that grows and attracts capital and can be profitable and could IPO and could support more employees and obviously increases their top line revenue. I will say that's stunted. It's nothing that has to do with Miami. You know, Miami strengths is it's an ambitious city. It's aggressive. With that, you know, comes obviously a little bit of risk, but at the same time, you will get some payoffs, right? And we need to have some of those payoffs. So what built Austin was Dell. 
it was Dell. It was Dell IPOing and creating yep. a crazy amount of returns for a bunch of people over there that didn't think those types of returns were possible, you know, because they just invested in the S&P or whatever it was back then, <laughs> right? And when they compared it to that, then they say, okay, let's do this again. And these are smart people. And then those people get money and they start their own companies and they've seen how it's been done, right? So all one successful company fosters a multitude of, let's say, other successful companies. And we need to see more of that. You know, hopefully Taxwell could be one of them as we continue to grow and, and kind of get closer to, you know, let's say maturity. Okay. How do you feel that our location and diversity, what kind of roles, you know, do you think that could play in our growth, like our creation of a hub that's very unique compared to others? At the end of the day, it's quality of life, right? So no matter where you live, whether it's here in Timbuktu or whatever, right, you're going to say, okay, uh, I have a job. That job could be in Seattle. Let's use Seattle, Seattle or Miami. Okay. And people, when they take a job, have to, you know, consider what this means for themselves and for their family, but not their family just today, but what their family is going to look like in, let's say, five, 10 years. Okay. Right. So when you interview someone, you're not just interviewing with someone in the present, but in the present and in the future. Okay. Meaning, you know, am I moving to a place where I have to live in a studio, New York, right? Because that's all I could afford at this, you know, rates. And, you know, then I'll have to bank on X amount of salary increases or whatever it may be. And I could get a salary increase, but I don't know if it's going to be that much, right? Because eventually I like to move out of the studio and have a family, <laughs> right? Um, and then, so therefore what that means is, well, what's the entry cost to that kind of stage in your life, okay? I still think Miami is extremely attractive for that. I think there's a ton uh, you know, or, or South Florida is extremely attractive for that. There's a ton of opportunity down here to to rent at reasonable rates or even buy, right? And where your dollar goes farther. Not everyone, you know, will find it attractive. A lot of people are getting priced out, sure, you know, and they're moving to like Orlando or Tampa or whatever. But if you're, you know, an engineer and you make a decent salary, I think to the package, the quality of life package that Miami provides is is extremely attractive and it's not going anywhere. It's only getting better. All right. I wanted to thank you so much for being our guest today. It was a pleasure to catch up with you, Richard, and to pick your brain as someone who's successfully navigating, man, the challenges of growing the startup into such a winning enterprise. And congratulations on that growth. Thank you, Mel. Thank you for downloading Florida Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida. Brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy.